you ever wished you could just grab coffee with a top leader in your direct sales company and pick her brain about all the things? Well, you're in luck. My name is Tiffany Spees. Welcome to Directly Different, the podcast where I have conversations with top direct sales leaders and ask them to share what they're doing differently to help them achieve success in their businesses. Direct sales doesn't have to feel spammy or gross. You can absolutely find success in your business by doing things a different way. I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. Do you struggle with confidence? Maybe you're afraid of what people might think of you, or maybe you're scared you'll fail at something and look foolish. Or maybe you struggle with the idea that no one is interested in what you have to share. While it's true that some people are more prone to self-confidence than others, I can tell you that even the most insecure person listening to this episode can step into a more confident mindset. I wish there was a quick hack or a trick to share with you today to help you do this, but it really comes down to leaning into your fears and just doing it. But don't be discouraged. You possess everything you need in order to accomplish what you set your mind to. I recently had the most enjoyable conversation with Brandy Whitmer, a former ER nurse turned network marketer. Brandy shares her story and she shares how building confidence in yourself takes time, but it's always worth the effort. Hello, Brandy. Thank you so much for being a guest on Directly Different. I am so excited to chat with you about confidence and connection and all things having to do with that. So will you tell us a little bit about you and your family to start off? I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me today. This is, um, this is always fun just to connect and share your story. I believe like the glory is in our story and we need to get better at telling it. So, um, I am 46 year old married mom of two. I have been married to my husband for over 20 years and we have a 20 year old son and my daughter is 18. They are soon to be 19 and 21. So we are kind of empty nesters, but not really. I'm like, I keep saying I'm, I'm post momming, but pre midlife. Like, I don't feel like I'm quite midlife yet. And, uh, we live just outside of Canton, um, Georgia. I'm originally from Southern California and I'm an ER nurse by trade. So I've spent the last, um, up until January, spent the last 20 years working in a hospital setting, um, as a nurse. So, wow. That is a, an essential profession, right? <laughs> it is, it is yes. especially the last three years. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. So tell us a little bit about your career as a nurse, as an ER nurse. Wow. Well, I'm a true testament to, um, trying and trying again, because I applied to nursing school when I was 25 and then ended up getting pregnant with my son and I was due to, to deliver him the week of finals. So I decided to put it off. Uh, we then moved cross country and I, um, applied to nursing school again. And the whole time I had been working in the healthcare system, just not in a clinical role. Cause I just loved that environment. I loved, organized chaos and helping people and hearing people's stories and, um, bedside care. I just really liked it. So I applied to nursing school again and then, um, surprise got with my daughter. So I stayed working in the healthcare setting until my youngest went to kindergarten. And that's when I decided to go back to nursing school. And I graduated in 2011. I, uh, I never saw myself doing anything other than emergency nursing. It was just, 
an automatic, yes, it's the, it's actually the only capacity I've ever worked in healthcare for 20 years. I've never worked outside of the emergency room. So I just knew I was drawn to it. And then, you know, I just, I worked full-time as an ER nurse and I loved every minute of it. I embodied what nursing is and I loved being the go-to between, um, or kind of like the in-between between the doctor and the patient, the one that was able to explain things in ways that they could understand and help them feel at ease throughout their process. Um, educate about prevention. That was always really big for me. Um, you know, in the ER, it's like the one place where we don't say, hope to see you again soon. <laughs> like we want you to never have to come back to the ER again. So I always, went out of my way to kind of educate. I've always loved health and wellness. So, um, there's not a lot of health and wellness in the ER, but there was ways for me to, um, to have that conversation at the bedside with a lot of people that really didn't understand their disease process or how to make their health better. There's a lot of misinformation and lack of guidance and like health resources out there. So I just made myself that person and made great, um, friendships. Nurses are we are a breed. We are a special, especially ER nurses. We are a very different breed. We speak a very specific language and they're my people. They're just my people. So I love every minute of it. That's awesome. Now, what kind of shifts did you work? I know that some people work night shifts, people work day shift. Which one did you prefer working? I was all over the place. So when my kids were little and even pre nursing degree, I was night shift. And then when I graduate, because I I would work, um, for every single Friday and Saturday night, I worked part-time. I got full benefits because my husband was self-employed and I never had to be away really from my kids when they, for them to be alone. It was when my husband was home. So that worked. And then when I graduated nursing school, you know, as a brand new baby nurse, night shift is kind of what you got to do. You just, you know, like day shift is a privilege. So I worked night shift for a couple of years and then it was really taking a toll. It was really, there's some, there's some statistics out there that say that working night shift is like the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes, the way that it, uh, the stress on your body, cause it messes with your circadian rhythm and days you're sleeping and then you're not. And we, we can, we can tolerate it. We can compensate, you know, for a long time. But if, if I was really being honest with myself, it was definitely taking a toll on the way that I showed up as a wife, as a mom and all those things and taking care of myself. So, um, I put in for day shift and, um, and I, and I got it. So uh, my last couple of years were spent working. I actually worked four shifts a week, seven to three, and they called it the princess shift because yeah. I would be three while everyone else was there until 7 PM. So, um, I kind of like slid into a sweet spot of day shift for like my last, I think the last two or three years in the ER. And then three years ago, I left the ER when I found network marketing. Um, I left the ER for, um, it was just toxic. It had started to, when, when you, when you love health and wellness and prevention, and then you're working in an environment that is like chronic illness, Plus at that time, the ER was really, I mean, the ER that I worked at was a, was a trauma center and like, it just, it was a lot. So I left and I went to kind of more of an urgent care setting where I worked two shifts a week, 11 to 11, two days a week. And I did that for the last three years until I retired in January. Wow. I, that's amazing. I love hearing about the different parts of your journey and, uh, that seven to three shift does sound <laughs> 
sounds yeah. As awesome. a nurse, that's a big get. Yeah, <laughs> yes. not a lot of nurses can do like the eight-hour shifts, especially in the hospital setting. So that was yes, yeah, that was a bonus. Yeah, when things were starting to get crazy, you were like, "Bye, guys, see you tomorrow." Uh-huh. Oh man, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, the, the I remember the looks people would give me as I was like, "Peace out" at three, and they were like. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if that's kind of where that started. Like maybe instead of working eight hour shifts, I can work zero hour shifts and work yes. for myself at home. <laughs> oh girl. I started to very slowly become, um, psychologically unemployable. It got harder and harder to go to work when I saw what was possible. So yeah. Oh, I love that phrase. Psychologically unemployable. I'm going to use that. Yeah. One of my mentors said that to me and I was like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that your environment as an ER nurse was starting to become a toxic environment. And because of this, you experienced some burnout. So will you tell us some of the symptoms that you experienced when you were like, okay, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going through burnout. I think this is time for me to step back. What were some of the symptoms that you had? Um, you know, it's funny, a lot of it is really subjective. So I think it comes in different forms for everyone, but I'm, I'm, I'm an empath. I'm always in my feels Um, and I also know just from history, what like increased levels of cortisol will do to the body and different things that you can feel when that starts to happen. So I started to notice like no changes in what I was doing physically, but I would, um, I was gaining weight or I would start having, um, palpitations in the middle of the night, which was not, I mean, I'm a, I'm very in tune with my body and I know what healthy feels like for me. And those were signs and symptoms that like something was off. Um, I would notice the day before I would be scheduled to go to work. And this was even the last two years or the last three years when I worked in a much less high level stress environment, but still through the pandemic and in a healthcare setting that the day before I would schedule my shift, I was all consumed with the fact that I had to work the next day. Like it was even hard for me to go about, like if I had to work on a Tuesday, my Monday was always like, oh, this is my last day before I have to go in there, you know? And then like the pep talk on the way to work. Like I, I would talk to my best friend, she's in healthcare as well. And we would always talk on, you know, on my way to work. And I was like, I can do anything for 12 hours. I can do anything for 12 hours. I can do any. And like, you know, I'm going to find joy in my day. Like, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm going to make it happen. And then I would walk in the doors and within five minutes, it was like, I couldn't even like, I started to become really sarcastic about my job and not be the best bedside nurse you it's hard when you deal with the public in that capacity in this environment in the last two years it became really hard to to be that natural like empath that i was to have empathetic feelings towards people because everything changed the fear and the worry so it just was i was like what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? This is not what I signed up for. And so I I feel like burnout is, it it really is. It's different for everybody emotionally, physically, how it shows up in your life. Um, But for me, really, it was just like, if I'm creating an impact elsewhere that feels good and I'm not being the best nurse that I know I could be because my passion isn't there anymore, that I'm really doing a disservice to these patients. And if I can't find a way to make this my passion, then I'm just collecting a paycheck. And at that point I just, I was tapped out. I was really tapped out. And I, I was, I was, I mean, I was forced out. I mean, I was, I was terminated in January because of my own morals and beliefs, but it was a blessing. 
And it was, it was the, it was like an unanswered prayer when I was like, put up backed up against a wall. I was like, this is, I'm going to listen to what this really truly is. This is me saying no more. Like you're not going to dictate the way that I live my life or my health. And thank goodness I had a plan B. I mean, thank goodness I had a plan B because if I had not spent the last five years building what I had built, I would not have had an option to walk away without, without worry or fear of the future. So I talk to people a lot about that, like, you know, in network marketing or whatever, whatever you're in, where you're earning money on the side that, um, you never know when that's going to come in clutch. Cause for me, I started accidentally. I started for health. I didn't start, I was in grad school. I didn't start to start a business. I had no idea there was a business attached to it. I started cause I wanted to improve my health and it, you know, it bless turned into something more than that. But if I would not have been open to that and really like leaned into what that could be for my future, I would not have been able to make that decision in January to walk away and nothing but good has happened in my life since January, nothing but good for health, for family, for life, for business all the things that I was, I think being in that nursing role was holding me back from, like, it was like released in January when, you know, when I was no longer clocking in and clocking out. So I love to hear that. Oh, that's awesome. And you're, you're so right. You never know when whatever you're working on on the side will become your main gig and you have to rely on that. And so there is, it's so wise to have something in your back pocket on the side that you're working on because you, you never know. You never know. All right, Brandy, you mentioned a little bit about how you got into network marketing, but will you tell us what made you decide to join Isagenix, the company that you're with and just your experience with that? Okay. So, um, I love my product story. And the reason is because I feel like it, um, resonates with a lot of a lot of the way a lot of us get started. And that is, um, I was 41. I was kind of up against a wall. My, my actions, as far as my health were not showing in the way of results. And I was a, I was a know-it-all girl. I knew how to, I knew how to isogenics is a health and wellness company. Um, I knew how to eat healthy. I was meal prepping. I was in the gym five days a week. I was convinced it was my thyroid was why I was gaining weight and like fluffy, which it wasn't. And I had a very dear friend who we've been friends for 15 years and she is seven years older than me. So she was closer to 50 and we commiserated for years about health, weight. We had very similar body structures. You know, we would, you know, lose five, gain six, you know, try all these things, work out incessantly, just trying to like maintain. And she was using the products for about um, two months ran into her on mother's day of 2017. And, um, I, it was undeniable. Yes. She had lost weight, but there was more to it than that. She had this like glow and energy and she couldn't stop smiling. And, um, ultimately what she said to me after I asked her 500 questions and researched the products, like we all do, um, come trying to poke holes in it of why it wasn't going to work for me. And she said to me, it's the easiest thing I've done to feel the best I've ever felt. And I'll never stop. And I could not sleep. I just couldn't sleep. I woke up the next morning and, um, the, the world aligns in weird ways and God works in crazy ways sometimes. But, um, I, at that point in my life, 
investing in a product like that to me felt selfish. I had kids and we were paycheck to paycheck and I was paying cash for grad school and, um, buying a pack of nutrition for myself for the month, just gave it was like a gut punch kind of, I was like, Oh, it's probably not going to work, but I knew I could get my money back. So, um, I gave it a whirl and, uh, my husband even still remembers like on the fifth day of using the products, I was just, it was like, you know, the birds were singing, the sky was bluer, <laughs> the grass was greener. And then I went to work to find out why I was like, okay, I feel amazing. Why do I feel so different so quickly when I've tried so many things in the past where I didn't. And that's where I really just started learning about like actual nutrition and not just calorie deficit and why supplementation was so important and what our body actually functions off of. So the products, I was a product story first and foremost, and then my natural response to everything in life. Like if you, and I say this all the time, if you and I were crossing each other in the grocery store and you said, oh, I love your shoes. I would be like TJ Maxx, 1999, exit 19, go grab you some. Like, I love to give people information that will help their life in any way. I love to, I just love to share good info. So when people started commenting about what I was doing, it was really natural for me to just be like, oh, you've got to try it. It's so simple. I feel so good. This is all I do. And then, um, like in the first month I had made like $400. And so that was enough for me to basically offset my entire grocery budget for the next month. And then like, there was this weird little light bulb moment where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to keep doing it. And then that was, (laughs) it was like a snowball effect. (laughs) That's so amazing. And then that led you to where you were eventually able to quit your job because of you could, because you had the confidence in your side gig. I hate to call it a side gig because it is a, it is an actual business. We work, we yes. actually do work. So I hate to call right. it a side gig, but I, I know you guys all know what I'm talking about. So I'm so grateful that that was able to carry you through and allowed you to quit a job that you just didn't love anymore. We shouldn't be doing things that we don't love. So I'm glad that that was a great option for you. Yeah, I agree. It's funny. Like one of my favorite things that I heard years ago, um, I think it was on a podcast. Someone said, um, life is, you know, life is short, life is short. And the, 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 the comment that came back was no life can be really long. It can be really long if you don't do it right. And I know what that looks like as a nurse taking care of people in their sixties and seventies and eighties that are, that did it wrong. And now their lives are not good in those years. And I did not want that to be my story, whether it was health or quality of time, the way that I decide how my days go, like here it is Monday at noon and I've been on three calls. I'm in a baseball hat. You know, I, I don't have to be anywhere today, but anywhere that I really want to be. And that's a gift. That's a gift that I think a lot of people miss out on. It's, it's not about the money. It's about what the money allows us to do and provides us. And the things that I've been able to say yes to in the last five years, that I would not have been able to say yes to because of this. When I think of that, of just like, cause I know we, we talked earlier about, or you mentioned about confidence and I'm not the same person I was five years ago. And I really did used to have those, like, I used to get nauseous talking about it and what were people going to think about me? And I lost friends through the process. Um, but I just really held true to what I knew people needed, whether it was, and it wasn't about me. When I took me out of the equation, I started focusing on how could I fill the gap for someone, whether it was energy, sleep, weight loss, 
$500 a month. It didn't matter what it was when I could flip that, then it didn't really matter what people thought of me because I was, I knew I was creating impact for someone else. Yes. Confidence from the inside out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, even just chatting with you today, Brandy, I, the confidence just, just coming through the screen and I love it. I love the energy. I love oh, the confidence. <laughs> so, yeah. So you just mentioned that you haven't always been a confident person. I mean, to that point though, I think that like people think that like confidence is natural and it may be in some in- instances based on our care, like our personality traits and characteristics, maybe, maybe. But I was also a people pleaser and I cared about what people thought about me so much. And I overthought the things that I did. Um, and I held back on a lot of stuff that I probably should, like when I imagine where my business could be right now, if I would have, you know, really put out there what my vision was. Um, but I, I played small for a really long time because I didn't, I hadn't done the, the work on myself. And I also look at confidence like a muscle. You know, it's like, you can't just go to the gym and walk in circles and expect to walk out and you've got muscles. You can't just like sit in an, in an arena and not participate and expect to figure out how to be confident. So I was like, well, I have to actually act as the person that I see myself being a year from now. And in doing so, I will, the action is what the rep, repetitive action is what builds that internal confidence. And the more you do it, then the less awful it feels. You have to like lean in, you know, you got to lean into the discomfort a little bit. And then before you know, and people say that all the time, oh, you're such a natural, you know, you come across so natural on camera. I'm like, I didn't have social media when I started. I wasn't on Instagram. I had never done a story. I never did a live. I never sold product. I didn't do any of that. I just set a goal. And then I acted as if that person who had already reached the goal, like, how do you how do you get to that person? You got to do these things, you know, and it's messy and uncomfortable, but now it doesn't feel uncomfortable to me at all. So it, it, it can happen. You just have to kind of commit to putting yourself in that space and acting as the person that you, you know, you want six months from now, a year from now. So, yes, I have heard that advice before and it is so good. Imagine yourself already achieving something six months or a year from now and show up as that person. And I think that that is really powerful. I mean, it kind of sounds cheesy or kind of sounds, you know, manifesty or something, but it actually is very useful to trick your mind almost into, okay, so if, if I were in that position soon, what would I, what would I show up like? What would I act like and show up like that person? And there you go. (laughs) Yep. I agree. A hundred percent. So what are some ways, Brandy, that listeners can build up their self-confidence if they're not feeling brave about certain aspects of their businesses? I know that they might be thinking, okay, well, that's Brandy. She says she wasn't very confident, but she seems so confident. And, you know, she's kind of on the other side of discovering that inner confidence. So what are some ways that listeners can build up their self-confidence? Okay. So first and foremost, um, I have committed to being a forever student, which means that you are never, I never claim to know everything and how to do everything. And I'm always learning. I'm always seeking information on how to better myself in my industry, as a person, as a leader, um, as a mentor. And this just goes to show it. I, decided yesterday on a Sunday in a little bit of downtime. And in truth be told, my husband and I were watching a movie and he fell asleep. So I was like, well, I'm just going to use this time to like do something resourceful. So I turned on a podcast 
from another woman who's in network marketing. And she was talking about, and I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to talk about it on my, on my team call tonight, something called the four C's. Have you read the book, the four C's? So if you haven't, they stand for commitment, courage, capability, and confidence. And this is the funny part is how they all lead into each other and how it pertains to this particular industry. And it's like this commitment. That's the hardest part, because in this industry, no one is showing up with their ruler and tapping it on your desk and telling you what you have to do. You're your own boss. We are in business for ourselves, not by ourselves, but there's no wrong or right way to do it. And most times people don't commit to a goal. They don't say, okay, I'm going to be here for six months. And in six months, I want to do this. So it's committing to a really specific goal. And that's, that's different for everyone. So if it's my first goal is to make enough money to not pay for my products, because I love these products so much, what is How much money is that? And what do I, how can I reverse engineer it and then show up to make sure that I make that goal? Right. And so once you make the commitment, you have to lean into the courage of doing what you have to do to actually meet that commitment. But the commitment, if the commitment isn't set, then you'll never go and start taking act in the courage part. And the courage comes in the form of telling people what you're going to do, asking people to take a look, sharing testimonies and results, be, showing your face on stories and social media and growing, you know, growing your engagement and following there and getting really uncomfortable and taking messy action. So when you when you commit to a goal, then you can actually go into the courage part. And what happens in the courage stage is that you create the capability. The longer and harder the courage stay is, the more capable you become of being the person that actually reaches that goal. And the capability actually creates the confidence. When you feel capable of doing the thing, because you've done it over and over again, then you actually create the confidence to keep doing it. And therefore it just, it recycles. So then once you meet that first commitment, whatever it is for you, then you can turn around and say, okay, the courage looks different now. It's a different conversation. Now I have to do different things. I have to show up like a different person. I'm actually going to do this business part-time. So I'm going to talk about what that looks like and how that has affected my family and who I'm helping in the process in a different way than just getting my products for free. So then you revisit the commitment part, the courage becomes different, develop different capabilities and conversation, and therefore you build your confidence. So I just, I mean, I literally heard that yesterday and it was like, you know, and the, the commitment isn't an action. It's a, it's a feeling like, who am I committed to being six months from now? And then the courage. So, um, I'm excited to actually put that into action with what I'm doing right now, um, which is leaning into something a little bit different myself, which is why I reached out to you. You know, it was, it's the whole cycle of now I want to grow myself into a little bit of a different thing. And I do that by putting myself in situations that'll allow me to grow, even though they make me nervous. That's awesome. And I, and it's so hard because I feel like, you know, you, or even I've told my team, you know, you just have to do it. You just have to do it to create confidence. You just have to take action. But I, I really don't know if you have anything else to say besides this, but I don't really know how else to tell somebody, you know, to grow their confidence, like a muscle besides mm -hmm. getting out there and doing it. I mean, do you know a way around that? I don't, <laughs> you just have to get out there and do it. 
No, there's no easy way. The people that are the the most confident ones are the room in the room are usually the ones that have committed to doing the work. They've showed up for themselves. They've personally developed themselves. They're learning. They're growing. I mean, how many? I don't know if you've heard the the comment before, but like our industry is like a personal development plan with a with a paycheck attached to it. Awesome. <laughs> like you yes. can't come in this arena and do great things without personally developing yourself, um, and that requires individual practice. It's individual practice, which means looking people in the eye and having more open conversations, asking people about themselves, telling your story more often, you know, putting yourself in uncomfortable growth situations. It comes in all forms, but there is no way around it. There is no way around it. And the, the, the end result is like, forget the monetary result. The end, if you took all the money away from me that I have made in the last five years, and I was still the person I am today, like, amen. Fine by me. I am a better wife. I'm a better mom. I'm a better friend. I have better boundaries. I say no to things that don't serve me anymore where I was saying yes before I've learned about like the joy in the journey. It's really the joy in the journey. Like take, if you take, remove the money from it and just commit to being a better human, no bad can come from that ever. And that, and so you do in doing that, you will build your confidence and, and, you know, in, in result, build your business. Yes. Hundred percent. So you mentioned a little bit about developing authentic relationships with others. So what are the best ways that you have found to connect with others? I know that, you know, that's part of confidence is like you said, looking people in the eye and talking to them and asking them how you can serve them and just showing up and providing value. So how are some ways that you have found, uh, to be the best to connect with others in this industry? Uh, I think about a lot of times, like really just no matter who I'm coming in contact with, whether, I mean, I, you know, I joined different organizations. I, um, at one point was a member at three different gyms, you know, going to different places that have resulted in all kinds of friendships, customers, business partnerships, putting yourself in new environments, especially in, um, you know, the last two and a half years, you had to get creative, how you would put yourself in new environments to have new conversations. So, you know, networking groups or, you know, groups on social media with like-minded people and adding value, not showing up to sell yourself or your product, but showing up to add value. And I do that in conversations that I'm having all the time. People are watching you all the time, all the time. And so in my head, I always think, how can I leave people better than I found them? And I also am always thinking about being the energy that I want to attract because you want, you know, nobody wants to do business with ho-hum. And so if you have vibrant yes energy, people are naturally attracted to that. They will want what you have to offer because they'll like the way they feel when you're around you. So I'm just always putting myself in spaces where I'm, you know, uh, can meet new people. It doesn't always have to cost money either. It can be, I mean, there's events all over the place where you can go and do things. One of my girlfriends just started doing calligraphy classes and it's like, you go, you pay nine bucks. And I mean, I could be sitting at a table full of 18 women I'd never met before or create an event at your house and make a vision board or, you know, do something that creates community. People are craving community. So anywhere you can start a community, join a community, um, or either dip in and dip out of different networking communities where people actually are there to, to do business. And then always 
show up to add value and always be the energy that you want to attract. That would be my suggestion for that. Yes. And if you aren't the energy that you would want to attract, then work on that. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and in, in a professional way, like when I think about the women that I follow that are more professionally developed, more personally developed that lead bigger businesses that I do, I I'm always putting myself in their place. Okay. If that's where I want to be, what is it about them that I'm attracted to? their confidence, their kindness, their willingness to serve and add free value. And so then I put that back on me. Okay. If I'm attracted to that, then that is, those are the kind of people I want to be around and do business with or life with forget business, just life in general. Um, because not everybody's going to be in your business, but you still want people in your life business or not that are at, that are those kinds of people. Cause all it does is elevate your, your surroundings and your experience in life. So I always look at like, um, I heard someone say the other day, the last time you made a purchase, what was it that made you make the purchase? Because most people don't buy products, right? We buy feelings, we buy results, uh, we buy relationships, really like uh, connection and community. So what was that last thing you purchased? And what was it that led you? Was it the person selling the product? Was it the result that they promised? And then look at that and how that applies to the way you do business. So I'm always kind of reverse engineering, if you will, that when I look at, um, you know, the energy that I put out and what I'm attracting in. Yes. And there's actually a statistic out there that I probably should have looked up, but I didn't realize I was going to mention it. Uh, but there's something out there that says, and this kind of, you kind of alluded to this in your own story that something like 80% or something high 80% or so, give or take of people who join a network marketing company or a direct sales company, they join because of somebody else, not because of the products, not because mm -hmm. of the money, not because of the lifestyle or the sisterhood, which are all benefits that we love, but they joined because somebody told them about the products or somebody told them about the company or about the opportunity. And so yes. it, that's where networking comes in. That's where connecting with others comes in there. Nobody's going to hear about, you know, how their life can change or how the value that this company or product or whatever can add to their lives. If you aren't out there getting to know them, and like you right? said, it's not, exactly. the reason. it's not the reason that you're out there getting to know people, but it is, it's never going to happen if you're not doing that. So you got to be true. out there. Very true. Yep. All right, Brandy, this has been so amazing to hear about how we can grow our confidence as direct sellers, social sellers, network marketers. So how can listeners get in touch with you if they would just like to follow you and see what you're up to? I am on Instagram at, at Brandy with an I dot Whitmer. Um, I'm public on Facebook, Brandy Cabot Whitmer, and, uh, I live in my stories. So you can come hang out with me there. I'm actually doing more in the way of helping people um, I actually just created a little freebie this morning called, um, how to sell more by selling less. So, uh, that's like one of my favorite things to guide people in is how to like really, really subtly sell yourself, your product, your service, your offer without being so what people call salesy. And it's really not as difficult as people think it is. So, um, so you can follow me there. I'll be talking more about that there. Well, that is awesome. Sign me up. I will put your, right. <laughs> I will put your link in the show notes so people can okay, follow great. along and grab that great. freebie, but thank you so much for being on the show today and chatting with us about how we can be awesome and confident and show up for ourselves and for others and how we can really add value to our industry. So thanks again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This was fun. 
Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode. In my opinion, it's way more fun to share life with a friend. So if you loved what you heard today, feel free to take a screenshot and post it to your socials so your friends can listen into the show too. Don't forget to tag me at Directly Different Podcast, and I'll be sure to give you a shout out. Speaking of social media, follow me on Instagram at Directly Different Podcast and send me a DM. I'd love to continue the conversation. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.